Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Today is going to be a very special Sunday. The last two services have been mind-blowing. What we're doing today is we have three of our amazing Awaken You students. You're going to hear from Cody Barrett, who runs our kids' ministry with his beautiful wife, Brinley. You're going to hear from the spunky and funny Courtney Ledbetter. She's got life. Get ready for that. And then we're rounding third with Clint Kennedy, amazing man of God. So Awaken You is our leadership development course. It's a year long. And so these three, along with like 20 others, have committed to a year of growth and development. And it is evident that they are taking serious that walk because you can see so much fruit on these three's life as well as the rest of Awaken You students. So they're each going to share for 10 minutes, share their testimony. It's going to be powerful. Then we'll close up service. So will you guys help me welcome to the stage? First up, going to hit it out of the park right off the bat, Cody Barrett to come share. Man, these services just keep getting bigger and bigger, don't they? It's incredible. You could grab a seat. Man, I love this house so much. It has done so much for my life, and I said at the first two services that I'm thankful. I'm so thankful for amazing leadership in this house, amazing friends in this house, amazing people that love and care about you. They care about your journey. They care about the goal that is inside of you, and they want to bring it out of you. I'm so thankful for it. Come on, Cody. All right. So I want to open things with the scripture. It's out of Luke 15, verses 4 to 7. If you have your Bibles, feel free to follow along with me, but they should have it up on the screen. Luke 15, four to seven, it says, what man of you having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. It gets me every time because I was like, that was like lost sheep. I was the lost sheep. I was in the wilderness. I didn't know where my home was. I, I was broken. My life was broken. I was broken relationally. Every single rela romantic relationship I had failed in, in, in misery and in pain, mostly because of me, if I'm being honest with you. 
But I was living this life, and this life was all that I knew. I didn't know that there was a, a God. I didn't know there was Jesus out there. I didn't know he was waiting for me to come back home into his house, come back under his grace, come back under his love. I didn't know Jesus wanted me to come home so he can love me. I did not know. You see, two years before I came into this house, I was at my wit's end. I, my entire life up to this point, it was just all pain. It was, it was suffering, if I was honest. It, was, it, it would be what hell would, what hell would have looked like if, if it, I mean, if I see it with my own eyes. It, it was so bad. Like, I, <laughs> I was so depressed. I was so anxious. I lost multiple jobs, I, I ruined multiple relationships, and I was trying to cope. I, I tried to cope with yoga, I tried to cope with psychedelics, I tried to cope with marijuana, I tried to cope with numbing myself through literally like 16 hours of video games on the weekends when I had days off. Like I tried numbing myself so hard and none of it worked. Wow. Not a single thing worked. So at the end of myself, I decided the only way out, the only way to, to stop the pain, the only way to grow through, you get through the, you know, the suffering I was facing was to kill myself. So I tried. I tried over and over and over, sometimes multiple times a day for a month straight. And it, I don't know how I'm alive. Literally, only by the grace of God, I am standing here today because the devil wanted to take my life. One day my friend walked into my bedroom at the time we were living together and uh, I can only imagine what, what he was thinking, was what was going through his mind and uh, uh, basically he saw what, <clears throat> I could only imagine what was a war zone. There was, uh, you know, ropes, there was plastic bags, there was stuff all over the room. It looked, like, it looked like someone had been living in there trying to do the worst harm to himself and that's exactly what was happening. So we did the only thing that he could probably imagine, which was, you know, get some help. He couldn't face that alone. I was a grown man at the time, and I was 28 years old. And uh, so he called my dad. He called some friends. I was admitted. I was brought to the hospital. I was admitted for a week on suicide watch. Uh, and they tried pushing drugs on me the entire time I was in there. They tried antidepressants. They tried the sleeping pills. To make, the, to make sure I can sleep at night because the antidepressants were keeping me awake all night long. And none of it worked. I said, no, I don't wanna do this. I don't wanna, I don't wanna take the very thing that was causing me to be in this place in my life. I don't wanna take that drug. I don't wanna, I don't wanna go there because it's only a band-aid and I realized that I needed a heart shift. I needed, I needed my life to shift. So a year went by after I was released from the hospital, and it was the same thing. I was just in pain, playing video games, watching TV, smoking pot still. And, uh, but I had some amazing friends. I had some amazing friends. Avery Dunlap and Ryan Murdoch. They were going to church together, this church. They came into this house together, and I said, hey, 
I need to try something new with my life. I need to step out. I need community. I don't have any close relationships right now. I'm broken. I'm depressed. I was the king of isolation, and I truly mean that. Like, if anybody wants to come and show me how you're better at isolating, please do. Because I was there. I was winning the game, and it was bad. It was all bad. (laughs) It was all bad. So the first time I sat in these chairs... First time I came to church, I remember I got all dressed up. I was looking really good. I had like some skinny slacks on. My shirt was all tucked in. I didn't have a tie because I don't believe in ties really. But um, Anyway, I sat in these chairs and the first message I, I heard, the, the first message of the gospel that I heard was the good news of how my life could be better you see, this message was on awakened marriages and what makes relationships, what, what we believe about marriages in this house. And, and all I felt was this immense, this immense like call, like love that was entering my heart. My body was on fire. I was weeping. I was not, there were not just like little tiny tears. Like I was ugly crying my face off in these chairs around strangers that I didn't know. I had no idea what was happening. I didn't know Jesus. I didn't know the power of God. I didn't know the gospel. I didn't know any of this stuff. I just was sitting here, and all I felt was love. The love. (laughs) It was the love of Jesus. See, in John 15, 16, it says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father on my name, he may give you. I had no clue what was happening, guys. I didn't grow up in a household that went to church. I didn't know anything about Jesus. I just remember sitting in this chair and Pastor Matt had an altar call at the end, said, hey, if anyone wants to accept Jesus into your life to be your Lord and Savior, go ahead and raise your hand on the count of three. One, two, three, my hand just goes up and I'm like, what is happening? I don't know who you are, Jesus, but you, your love, like it's amazing. Like I just want more of you. Come into my life, please. It was so powerful. The very next day, I uh, here at Awaken Church, we, we go through Connect Group. We have Connect Group. We do community together. We get together and have an amazing time. And, and so I like went to this first Connect Group. It was the start of the new season. The very next day, by the grace of God, that happened. But I walked up. I had my Bible. You know, I was like, this is going to be amazing. We're going to do a Bible study. You guys remember that. I know. <laughs> But uh, anyway, so I walk in and I just started saying yes to everything that was on my life. And, you know, I went to this connect group. I felt loved. I felt welcomed. I felt seen. And, uh, and so I just started stepping into everything that, that, like, I knew would be good for my life. That was it. I wanted a better life. I started saying yes to things. I was like, yes, I want a better life because my life sucks. So I did DNA, I went to Connect Group, I started serving on a team right away. Little did I know I would meet my wife, Brinley, at this Connect Group. Yeah. 
Yeah, if you know her, she's amazing. She's absolutely amazing. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> she's upstairs in the kids' church right now. One of the things that, that really opened up my life and that I, I can't... Hi, babe. <laughs> um, one of the things that opened up when, when I got married was that she was leading kids' church by herself before I came. She was praying for me, little did I know, before I came into this house to find a husband. So I stepped in this house, and, and I, I come, came underneath, like, the leadership up in kids' church. We were kids' directors. We get to disciple your children. We get to have so much fun up there with your kids. We get to show them the love of Jesus that I never experienced as a kid growing up. I had no idea what I was stepping into, but God had plans for me. He had such a good life waiting for me. And all it was, all it took was me to step in, to keep coming back, to keep saying yes to this amazing house, this amazing house of discipleship. Because that's what unlocked my life was discipleship. I submitted myself to Awaken You. I submitted myself to Kids Church. I submitted myself to Awaken Recovery so I can deal with my heart problems that I had. And it absolutely transformed my life only by the grace of God. In Romans 8, 28, it says, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. So... Man, I'm out of time, guys. I'm out of time, but it's amazing. Jesus loves you. He wants nothing but the best for your life. And I want to welcome up the next speaker. Let's give it up for Courtney Ledbetter. She's so amazing. Come on. I'm not as young as Cody. I need, I need my <laughs> big notebook. <laughs> so a few weeks ago, an opportunity was brought to me, and my initial reaction was, I really don't want to do this. And so I was talking to God about it, and he said, for the plans and purpose that I have for your life, I need you to start saying yes to things. So I said, okay, God, I'll say yes to things. Fast forward to a couple days ago when Pastor Matt called me about speaking today. I had this moment with God where I was like, wait, I take it back. I don't want to say yes. <laughs> but here I am. I think true discipleship is when people believe in you before you believe in yourself. That's how Jesus discipled people. And so I'm just really grateful for pastors and leaders in my life from Awaken You that believe in me and um, are great disciple, great at discipling me. They're not my disciples, I'm their disciple. <laughs> I just wanted to start by giving a little background about me and um, a quick little timeline of my walk with God. I was born and raised Mormon. 
I got married when I was 19 in the Mormon temple. And being Mormon was everything to me. It was the only thing that I knew. And my life was good. I had answers to things. I knew the standards of what was acceptable from me and what was not. I had community. I I had felt God often in my life growing up, and I never felt a void. I didn't know there was more. I wasn't looking for more. My life was just very content. Um, A couple years into marriage, my husband bribed me into going to a Christian church service. (laughs) He said we were going to go on a date, but first we were going to stop by this church, by our house, that had a Saturday evening service. And I was so mad. I was so upset. And I had a really bad attitude about it. I went dragging my feet, and I remember being in there, looking around the room, appalled that people were raising their hands like lunatics, (laughs) praising God in jeans and T-shirts and hats. (laughs) To me, that was so disrespectful and dishonoring to God. Um, just to give you a little idea of how much religion was in my blood. But the preacher got up, and I learned more about Jesus in that service than I had my whole entire life. So I said, all right, I got to start asking some hard questions. And eventually that led to me leaving my religion and giving my life to Jesus. And that, that wasn't an easy thing to walk out. If you've ever been through that or something similar, you know that you're not just walking away from a church or a set of rules. It is deeply ingrained in your bones. It is who you are. And so there was a lot of trauma from trying to part ways with, with that. Ironically, when I left the Mormon church, I started going to a Calvinist church So even though I now had grace in my life for the first time, really, I just had gotten right back into deep-rooted religiosity and pride. And it wasn't until I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, which was another setup by my husband. (laughs) But that's when I started to see the power of God in my life. But at the same time, every level of increase God was taking me too, also came with an increase of rejection from church people. I was rejected from the Mormons when I left the Mormon church. I was rejected from the Calvinist when I accepted the Holy Spirit in my life. Then I started learning about faith and prosperity. And I don't know if you know this, but a lot of Holy Spirit churches reject that teaching. So there was rejection there. Cue Awakened Church. We had so many confirmations that God wanted us to go to this church. We had been in Utah for about a year and a half, and we were just kind of in a waiting period to see what God, why God brought us here, what he had for us. And we started going to Awaken, and I clearly heard God say, it's go time. And I had no idea what that meant, but I felt like it had to do with a purpose that he had for me. So when the opportunity for Awaken You came up, I was really excited. 
I've always been more quiet and reserved my whole life. And before Awaken You started, I was trying to figure out when I lost my self-confidence. And God interrupted my thoughts and he said, you lost your confidence when you left the Mormon church because that's where your identity was. And when I started Awaken You and the first session was identity in Christ, I was like, okay, I hear you, God. And it wasn't like these were new concepts to me. I, my head knows my identity in Christ, but being in an environment that activated me to actually walk out that truth, that's what changed it for me and took that head knowledge to my heart. I'm one of those people that is perfectly content staying in the background, being by myself, not speaking out, but Awaken You has, has taught me that that is a lie from the enemy and that God wants me to be seen and he wants me to have a voice. <laughs> Awaken You pushes me out of my comfort zone and puts me in situations that I would naturally avoid, like this one. <laughs> but I know that's what's best for me and that is what is growing me. I've been able to break the lies that I was believing that came through the open doors of the religious environments that I had been a part of. Every week I'm surrounded by so much wisdom and power and anointing, and it just takes me to new levels every time. To close, I wanna end with this scripture, 1 Corinthians 4.20, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. Religion would say the opposite. Religion would say for the kingdom of God is all talk and no power. Jesus didn't want us to sit around and tell campfire stories about him. He said, he said we will do greater things than he did. And that is my dream. And I was never gonna get to that place by sitting on the sidelines. And Awaken You has empowered me to walk in that power. And I'm excited to see what else God has for me this year. And welcome, Clint. Thank you, Courtney. Wow. And here we go, round three. Um, Thursday morning, or Thursday afternoon, I got a call from Pastor Matt. Hey, man, you got a few minutes for some questions? I think so. <laughs> Depending on the questions, right? Um, well, he asked me to speak. And not just speak, but speak three services. And the three services were three days away. Um, so in my next 24 hours of panic and fear, um, I opened up my Bible the next morning after worshiping, like you said, now these days we get to do it wherever we want, right? I, I do it in my truck every morning on the way to work. <clears throat> and I opened my Bible when I got to work and I opened up to Psalm 34, 4, which states, 
I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. At that moment, I, I felt even better about saying yes to Pastor Matt because I'm up here facing it in the Lord's strength. So, um, so a, a little bit about me. I, I grew up right up the road. Um, religion was never in my life other than the fact of judgment that I wasn't doing what my neighbors were doing and, and going to church and, and doing all that. My parents drank and smoked and uh, that, was a, that was a big turnoff for most people that were around me in my life. So um, I took on those same habits at a very young age and, and for a very long time brought the, had those in my life. I, I did the same things my parents did. I made sure I took a cooler everywhere I went to. I, um, yeah. And uh, wow. So fast forward a little bit. I married Katie. We have two amazing sons. And we, and we did life together. We have a lot of fun together. We do a lot of travel together. And we actually um, were in the new age stuff. We were both Reiki masters. We owned a practice. We had an office up in Mill Creek. And uh, one day I come home from work. You know, I'm, I'm thinking things are pretty good. She met me at the stairs and said, we need to talk. I need to come out of the closet about something. I was like, oh, I didn't know what was going on here. So I'm like, okay, can I take off my work boots? I'm like, I think I might need to sit for this. And she says, for about a year now, I've been reading the Bible and I've been looking to God and what we're doing does not include him. And I don't want to do that anymore. She's like, She's all, we're going to sell the business, and I want to start going to church. Um, we had the business and all of our, everything sold that very next Saturday within four hours on a, basically like an open house on Saturday. Um, it was amazing. But, so we started traveling. We started traveling and going to some churches that she had listened to online. We went to L.A. Um, my son, Caden, uh, enrolled in a, pro, in a tech program at Bethel. And um, so we went to Boise to meet some of his leaders there at a, at a convention or whatever you call it, and um, conference. Uh, and it was good. Like, it was good. I was like, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll do church together. Well, I was still drinking and still making that a big part of my life. It came before my family quite, quite a bit. Um, and what happened, what happened in church that day, which, by the way, I showed up drunk. So this is <laughs> not my favorite moment. <laughs> not Katie's favorite moment. <laughs> but it was the moment because the encounter with God that was coming was incredible. Um, Caden's leader at Bethel was going to speak words over our family. And he started with Caden and 
just being in the presence of the Spirit that close, I fell out before he, he even did. And in that moment, in that moment, I knew what God saw for me, which was to be a better husband, a better father, and a son of God. Um, so yeah, we, we left Boise and I looked to Katie and I said, we need to find a church close to home. This is getting, this is getting expensive, but, <laughs> but I, I do, I do want to, I think I do want to follow God. Like, so at this point I'm still not totally vested in Jesus. I'm still not totally vested in what I believe for so long is just a dead guy that did a lot of good a long time ago. Wow. Um, and, uh, so we get home. She finds a list of churches that we want to attend. We went to one on a, on a Sunday, and it was good. We had a good time. We came the following Wednesday to Awaken. It was, holy cow, wow, it was, it was loud. It was crazy. And I said, no. Too much. I can't, I can't do this. Like, my ears hurt. Well, I went outside. And I'm smoking in the parking lot. I'm doing this. And uh, I was like, okay, I'm going to give it one more shot. I walk in, and there's a message about tithing. I'm like, oh, crap. Like, I am not going to pay you. I'm not going to give you any of my money. Because I don't believe that that is my ticket to the kingdom. And I looked at Katie and I said, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm waiting out in the car. I, I probably had, I don't know, 10, 15 cigarettes that night. And then I was like, I don't know what it was. Something grabbed me and said, just go back in. Go sit with your family because this is what God should, this is what you need to start doing to, to be a, a better family man and I come in and and our our great lead pastor pastor Leanne is speaking of Jonah and the whale and you know just like that whale swallowing Jonah that message swallowed me and that that night I accepted Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior and I got some amazing prayer. I met some amazing people. I, I found out that this church had a recovery program. That, that very next Monday, I met Corey and Lexi. I met Avery. I met Cody. I met so many people in this church that they do. They feed you. They love you. They sincerely care about your well-being. Not only in the world, but in Christ. Um, so it's so good, right? So I start going to recovery every week. I start the pro recovery program. At the very same time, I'm questioning, what does this awaken you? My wife and my son have already finished their applications, and it's like, okay, well, let's do this together. What is it? She's like, babe, it's about leadership and discipleship. And I said, okay. Let's give it a shot. And praying on it, I was, you know, a lot of people told me, don't do it. 
Don't, don't do Awaken You. It's going to be a lot with your recovery, with the recovery program. You're going to be busy. You're going to get burnout on church. You're going to, we don't want you to get burnout on God. And so I prayed to it, and he said, listen, do you believe in me? And I said, very much so. And he says, do you trust me? And I said, I do. And he says, so when I push you off this cliff, do you trust that I'm going to be at the bottom when you land? And I said, yes, I do. And he went, boom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so. If you, if there's any of you here that don't believe that we praise and worship a God that is alive and loving and forgiving, come to the altar, get, get prayer, join, connect, do what you got to do because he is very much real. He is very much alive and he's very much in for what we have to do. He is a God, he is a God that showed me my path, who I am, right? And I am, I am a good father, I'm a good husband, I am a son of God, and I will be a disciple in Christ, so that's what I got. Come on. Let's give it up for all three of our amazing speakers. Mm. Come on, you guys can grab a seat. Man, that was beautiful. I just love being reminded over and over that Jesus still is in the business of saving and transforming lives. Listen, he mounted the greatest rescue mission that the world has ever seen when he Put, when God put on flesh, lived a perfect life, and then took the punishment that me and you deserved. That was, that was the greatest rescue mission that has ever took place. But as Clint said so brilliantly, God's alive. He's alive. And you might, God doesn't care how you come into his house, but he does want you to come to him. He also, he doesn't clean his you don't clean a fish before you catch it, right? Some people think, well, I got to get my life together and then I'll go to church. And Jesus says, no, no, no. Come to me and I'll get your life together. And you'll be the church. See, the church is the people. The don't. It's not a religion. It's a relationship. And I believe when you heard these three testimonies that there might be some people in here and if you were honest and you took inventory, you might say, you know what? I'm not walking with Jesus. I don't know the Jesus who can break decades of addiction off of a man like that. I don't know the Jesus that can take somebody who would prefer to be behind the scenes and say, no, I gave you a voice and I want you to speak. I don't know this Jesus that can take away depression, anxiety. I don't know that, Jesus. I know about him, but I don't know him. Friend, can I tell you the greatest decision you will ever make in life is the decision around who Jesus is. Scholar, uh, 
a brilliant scholar put it this way. You can only take Jesus's three things. The one thing you can't take of him as is just a good moral teacher. He was not just a good moral teacher. Good moral teachers don't walk around telling people, I'm God. Liars or lunatics do. And so God, Jesus can be taken as one of three things. And he gives us all the choice. He was either a liar, he was a lunatic, or he's Lord. And if he's Lord, that, that demands a, a look. I love what Courtney said. I had to start asking tough questions once I heard about Jesus. So maybe you're coming out of a religious background. Maybe you're coming in here and you're like, what is happening? What, I, why are they singing? Why, what is this? It doesn't matter how you came in. What matters is Jesus set it up today for you because he wants to be in your life. He made you. The Bible says that he knew you when you were being woven together in your mother's womb. He put gifts, treasures, and talents in you that he wants to use. You know, you're his masterpiece, but we were made to run on Jesus. You put diesel in a gasoline car, it doesn't go well for you. You were made to run with God and he has made a way for you to be with him. Doesn't matter what you've done because Jesus said on that cross, I make a trade. So when you come to Jesus, he takes all your sin, all your failures, your shame, your shortcomings, your lack, and he makes an exchange. He says, this, I'll take that and I'll pay the price for that so you can have my love, my purity, my washing, and my life living in you. And I'm telling you, you don't even have to fully understand. It's the journey of discovery, but the decision is when the power breaks through. So some of you, you've felt the love of Jesus in the room today. So here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna bow our heads real quick, just out of respect for people, because this is a personal decision. This is between you and God right now. But if you would say today, you know what, I'm not walking with Jesus. Maybe you once did, but you walked away from that and you took the steering wheel back. Maybe you never have. But like a gasoline car that got diesel put in it, things aren't working. And Jesus is the solution. Jesus is the answer. And so if you need to give your life to Jesus today, surrender to his love, welcome him into your heart for whatever reason, whatever background, I wanna give you that opportunity today. And so I'm just gonna ask you real quick, put your hand in the air. Once I've seen your hand, you can put it down, but it's, this is between you and God. Your hand in the air is just, that's a sign of surrender saying, okay, Jesus, I want you. So if that's you today and you need to come to Jesus in a very safe room, we just put your hand in the air real quick. Once I've seen it, you can put it down. Thank you. I see your hand. Thank you. I see your hand. Anyone else? Thank you. I see your hand. This is a holy moment. I feel Jesus, he's just, there's maybe one other person right now. You're just wrestling right now. Like, I don't want to put my hand up. It might be, what if they embarrass me? But it's not about that. It's about you and him. He's been knocking on your heart. He wants you to give him a chance. Anyone else? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't you all look up at me? Let's all stand to our feet. Come on, let's give a hand for those people that raised their hand today.
power. So here's what we're going to do. If you raised your hand or you should have raised your hand, I'm going to lead us all in a prayer. We're all going to say it out loud together so you don't feel alone. But what's the power is in your agreement. The power is in you saying, this is the prayer of my heart. And watch what Jesus is going to do. So let's pray this prayer out loud together. Dear Jesus, this morning, I give my life to you. I ask you to come into my life. Come into my heart. Thank you for dying for my sins. Thank you that today I am forgiven and washed clean. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me to follow you from this day forward. And I thank you that your power is stepping into my life. You're going to show up and show off because you're good. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.